Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We all want to make a first good impression. For example, if you meet your partner's parents for the first time and end up punching them in the face, you're going to have a bad time, or at least be saying sorry until this relationship ends. That's just how it works. Thankfully, when this goes down in wrestling and you have a bad debut match, you'll likely have a second match to make amends. But even then, you know the internet, they'll never let you forget. So I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is eight disastrous WWE debut matches. Number eight, Chris Masters. Now, I like Chris Masters, the entrance, the cloak, the music. If you want to bring him back, WWE, that is all good with me. I'd be happy to see him have another run. I'm now just going to sit here and wait. The really cool thing back in the day, though, is that we built up the masterpiece for weeks. That always works. It makes any arrival feel important. And look at the guy. Who wouldn't want to poke those abs just to see how hard they were? Yes, that's a really weird thing to say. His first match, too, was against Stevie Richards on the 21st of February 2005 Raw, with the former ECW star mostly being used in this position to get other people rocking and rolling. This meant it was a basic squash match, as Masters looked strong and whooped his ass. It did exactly what it needed to do. You may then be asking yourself, well, what was the problem? And, well, it was an accident. Towards the end, Chris gave Richards a Polish hammer and destroyed his face. Stevie's nose basically moved to the side and his orbital bone was shattered. This is exactly what you don't want when you're just saying hello to the wrestling world. Masters has talked about this since and said he was sick during the day, which could have resulted in this moment of madness, but still, I bet he felt worse afterwards. This was truly horrific. Number 7, Avatar. Avatar was Al Snow dressed up like a ninja. No, I don't know either. I would guess it was WWE's attempt to have their own version of FMWs and New Japan's Hayabusa, but I will tell you, it did not work as intended. On the 23rd of October 1995 episode of Raw, though, out he came with the added novelty that we saw his face as he entered the ring before putting on the mask to wrestle. Not sure how that helped anything, but you could see what was coming next. His opponent was Brian Walsh, who was just there to be beaten up. And he was. There seemed to be something wrong with this mask, though, or maybe Snow just found it very uncomfortable, because it became such a distraction even Vince McMahon had to mention it on commentary. Walsh also oddly doesn't really sell any of Avatar's offense, which took away from the impact the character was meant to have, and by the time Al went for a dive and slipped off the rope, 
Well, this wasn't ideal. It all ended after a moonsault, and to be honest, this was probably the world telling WWE this was a bad idea, and there were far better ways to use someone like Al Snow. And yes, we got there in the end, but we had to go through all of this first. Also, as we have brought up Al Snow, I just want to send him my regards and thanks, because if you don't know, he trained me when I decided to become a professional wrestler, and unsurprisingly, he was damn good at it. Number six, Eddie Guerrero. January 2002 lit up the wrestling world when we found out that WCW stars Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero were coming to the WWF. That's just an awesome foursome to hire at the same time, and fans were hopeful they'd finally get their due. It started well too when they attacked the New Age Outlaws on Raw, and to dangle a carrot in front of them, they would now have to win two out of three matches in order to be offered contracts. Imagine if all jobs happened that way, life would be better. It didn't go great in the sense that Malenko was beaten by X-Pac and Benoit by Triple H, and nobody really cared about that afterwards. It was what had happened to Guerrero that was the focus. He and Saturn had gone head-to-head with the Outlaws, and early on Eddie went for a frog splash, but injured himself and dislocated his elbow. Guerrero looked noticeably worried for obvious reasons, and the finish had to be rushed because of it. As it did turn out, this panic was actually because Eddie was worried that he was going to get sacked for being a liability. Obviously, this didn't happen, and it all worked out, but no one is going to pick being injured as a way to make their debut anywhere. Number 5. Edge Edge's first official match in the WWE was on June 22, 1998 on Raw. How mad is that? Almost 23 years ago, and here we still are. His opponent was Jose Estrada Jr., and much like others on this list, I'm sure at the time the future member of The Brood was a bit concerned. It was all going fine as the two traded blows, but when the Canadian went to hit a somersault plancher onto Estrada, his foot accidentally clocked him in the head and something went wrong. I'm sure this could happen 100 times and you wouldn't get this outcome, but Jose had suffered a neck injury and worse still, wasn't moving. It was so bad the referee had to count Estrada out and understandably you could see in Edge's eyes that he was a tad concerned. In his own autobiography, the rated R superstar wrote that it was meant to end with his finish at the time, also known as the downward spiral, and that Estrada has suffered a pinched nerve in his neck. Thankfully, he did make a return, but Edge's other fears was that people in the back would now think he was just going to come out and injure everyone. I think he proved that any thoughts like this were incorrect. Number 4. Sin Cara So this one has a weird connection. On the same day that the just-mentioned Edge had to retire due to neck issues, Sin Cara wrestled his first WWE match. He had debuted the week prior after saving Daniel Bryan from a Sheamus attack, and, well, it wasn't the best. Throughout his run, Cara didn't really ever click in the WWE or give them what they wanted, and here when he was taken on Primo, that was also sort of true. For starters, he made a mess of his trampoline-assisted entrance, which would become a recurring theme, and while when they got into it, it was good and damn smooth, it was that ending that most remember. Primo slipped with both guys standing on the top rope, which sent Sin Cara crashing to the floor, and that wasn't meant to happen. As he didn't know what to do, Cara just rolled back into the ring and went for it again, and thankfully that time was fine, but the floodgates were open. Sin Cara should have been one of the best crossovers for some time, and Triple H was very high on him and ensured this signing happened. But as the weeks went on, we just saw more and more of this, and given that there were also rumors he was causing a fuss backstage, you just knew it wasn't going to end well. In fact, it went so badly, WWE just replaced the man who existed under the mask. Now that is quite damning. Number three, Booker T and Buff Bagwell. This one was only going to go one way. For years, WWE fans have been told that WCW was all that was wrong with the world and we should hate them. Then we brought these guys into Raw and surprise, surprise, everybody hated them. 
I wonder why. There was more to this, but still. On the July 2nd, 2001 Raw, Booker T and Buff Bagwell competed for the WCW title, and this went so badly, management scrapped all plans for a World Championship Wrestling reboot, and we got the invasion angle instead. This really couldn't have gone any worse. It also wasn't helped by the fact Buff may have strutted around in an environment where others were already out to prove a point, and while this match isn't as bad as history dictates, it's also not the best. I wouldn't be surprised if both Bagwell and Booker T felt knocked off their game simply due to the reaction. It was hostile. The crowd just didn't want to see a WCW presentation on their WWF show, and this was the main event on Raw. It was all good for Booker, who went on to have a Hall of Fame career, but the end was nigh for Mr. Buff. He was let go after causing more trouble than he was worth, and you gotta figure it all began here when both debuted for the competition. What a mad, mad time this was. Number two, Fantasio. While Buff Bagwell had a good run in WCW, he was still a one and done when it came to the WWE. And amazingly, that means he's in the same bracket as Fantasio. I mean, what are the odds? One of the weirdest gimmicks in history, the real-life Harry Del Rios was signed to a developmental deal, which some say was the first one ever before he got called up to Raw. This made sense. He was 6'3 and around about 270 pounds and he could move in the ring. He wasn't an idiot. So with the right character and protection, there's every chance he could have had a decent go. And therein was the problem. Because he was an amateur magician in his spare time, as soon as Vince McMahon heard this, we were done. It meant this is what he had to do in the ring. So when he walked out on Superstars on the 16th of July 1995, he had become Fantasio and was wearing a stupid mask. Oh, quick, somebody make him WWE champion. As ever, this was a squash as he whooped Tony DeVito, and it's the finish that really ruined it. And why? Because Fantasio, using his powers, was able to remove his opponent's underwear, which was such a surprise, he became easy pickings. The same thing that happened to Earl Hebner, the referee, because why the hell not? Surprisingly, this died a death and we never saw him again, although Del Rios had his own ideas about what had happened. He decided The Undertaker had seen all of this and thought it was too close to the dead man. Yeah, as Mark Calloway was always making his rival's pants disappear, come on. Number one, Friar Ferguson. And we finish with another blink and you'll miss it and none other than Friar Ferguson. The late Mike Shaw had been here, there and everywhere before he got to the WWF and clearly in 1993 they just saw him as another body. To be fair, his best days were behind him but he was given no help when he was dubbed Friar Ferguson and told he was just going to be a madman. The cartoony gimmicks had arrived. His only match came against Chris Duffy, and it's just nothing. Rather than a friar, Ferguson just looked like some dude with no hair and bad knees, and to the shock of nobody else, the Catholic Church of New York got wind of this, and they complained. Because of course they did. What did Vince McMahon think was going to happen? He had just introduced a wrestling monk. He was taken off TV double quick before coming back as Bastion Booger. And somehow that was even worse. I still don't know what the deal with that was either. Other than the fact he had to be as disgusting as possible. Honestly, it was so bad. The friar looked like Bruno San Martino by comparison. Poor Mark Shaw, man. He was never given a chance. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.